Thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio. You can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. Enjoy the podcast. It's time for a fresh start to language learning. Pearson Edexcel's new student-centred French, German and Spanish 2024 GCSEs cater to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background, ability or reason for studying. Rooted in learned language knowledge, their assessments are transparent and accessible, allowing all students to showcase their language skills. Through inclusive and relatable content, the new Pearson Edexcel MFL GCSEs build a shared cultural capital that helps students develop an understanding of and appreciation for the wider world. Find out more at go.pearson.com forward slash MFL GCSE 24. Good morning and welcome to the weekly review. It's uh, stormy outside and it's stormy in education this week as well. So we've got lots to talk about. We're joined by Shaniqua and Tom uh, to discuss this week's topics. As a little preview for you, the things we're going to be talking about are, of course, the pay offer, head teachers collecting students from home, school strikes about behaviour, and of course, the possible new Chief Inspector of Ofsted. So the story we're going to get ourselves started off with is, of course, that pay offer in England of 6.5%. Uh, it seems to have the unions divided. And some of that division comes from the table you can see on screen here about the cumulative effect of these changes over time. You can see there right by now in that cumulative real-term change in teacher salary of a minus 25.6% since 2011. Um, so is 6.5% enough? Gillian Keegan has been on the news rounds uh, selling it as a win from her point of view uh, for the government. The NEU seems divided. We're going to go straight to Shaniqua and ask her what she thinks about it. Um, I think the NEU are really divided at the moment. Um, I've been striking. I've done eight days of striking and 6.5, it's not enough. And actually, do you know, I find this... Um, quite infuriating because actually all of this is done on the government's terms you know the timing and its substance because actually you know it's not actually the government you know it's the strb recommendation you know this actually abandons the 2022-2023 pay this is for next year um you know i feel like this has come just in time to take out you know the industrial action that we were getting ready for you know all of the um other unions were getting ready for their ballots. We've been really working hard um, at the moment with our ballots ready for next year. There's been a lot of talk about what's going to happen in the autumn term. And actually, this has just come. And I think a lot of people are tired. They are. And I get it. And a lot of people have not been getting t- paid. So they're like, we'll take this. But actually, if we really think about it, it is a real terms pay cut. Um, it's the 6.5% is banked. Um, it doesn't solve the funding, really, the recruitment, the retention crisis that we have. Um, I just, it's quite upsetting. And actually, when I've spoken to, you know, some head teachers, you know, um, someone said, have they budgeted for 3.5? Most likely. Can we afford it? Absolutely not. There's another head who said, um, you know, what did they say? Sorry, I've got it. Um, heads budgeting the 3.5%. They were meant to. Um, but with everything that's been going on with extortionate energy bills due to rising bills, um, other things that have been going on, they just don't have it. They don't have it. And the decent heads who have tried to keep staff in smaller classes could not do this budgeting. So actually, it's not 
it might not work out and we'll be striking again in the future. So I'm not personally happy, but I, I feel like everyone should do what's right for them. But I don't think it's the right thing. And Tom, um, what do you think? What is the vibe out there from teachers, from union members? It was already, you know, starting to feel like people were worried about where this continual strikes were going. Have people have had enough? Are people ready to accept and move on? Or are people digging their heels in for the long haul here? Well, I don't know, um, is the honest answer. I mean, looking at looking at our Twitter feed, um, I know I know Tom put a, a tweet out the other the other day asking people what they thought, and seems like most people sort of don't want to accept it. But then again, Twitter is quite a, a, a sort of microcosm. You know, there are more sort of activists on Twitter, if you like. So maybe you know you might find a bit more of a, a sort of public. Um, you know, rejection of it um, on Twitter. Um, I mean, my views are pretty well documented on this. I I, I think that um, teachers deserve the pay rise. I support strikes over uh, on on this issue, but I don't think it will make any difference to the massive problems in terms of recruitment and retention. So for me. That's not me saying that the deal should be accepted or rejected. That's me saying that regardless of the pay deal, um, those that that will not change the inherent massive problems in, in, in with recruitment and retention. So therefore, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm not sure what that means in terms of whether uh, you know, the offer as it currently stands should be accepted or not. Um, but in terms of like whether it will change things to have this or even more than what it is, um, I, no, I don't, I don't buy into that. I'm going to throw back to Shanika quickly. You're a union member. You know, mm-hmm. was this about pay for you or is it about, as I know Daniel Kabide's kind of tweeted out, suggesting that it will lead to a kind of ongoing move on to other issues that need addressing. Was this completely about pay for you or is this a stepping stone in, in, in wider issues in education? I think it's a, definitely a stepping stone into wider issues you know I've spoken to some teachers who have said you know I've not been doing this for my pay I've been doing it for the children and other things that are going on um with me it's been a bit of everything it's been a bit of everything where I'm like I feel like you know we deserve we deserve a pay rise you know I also look at Scotland and I think that's something that we also need to keep thinking about why are Scottish teachers worth more than us here like if anything we should be on the same level because there's less of them uh, yeah, <laughs> but that's not fair. That's not fair. Right, I know it's not fair, but that's... It's, not, it's yeah. not fair. So I'm ready to fight for that because I also think, whoa, 6.5 in comparison to that is, whoa, I will keep fighting until we're a bit closer. But also, like Thomas said, there's there's so many other things. I don't know if how it will get fixed in that way, but funding is a big thing. And like I said earlier this week, the fact that, you know, we have um, Twinkle all the time doing little competitions for glue sticks and loads. You see the entries because people just want free glue sticks for their classes. That's ridiculous. The fact that I can't take kids out on trips at the moment because there's just no money. Like that's that's the things we're kind of fighting for as well. And there's just so many other things going on. So that's not that's not the only thing. But I, I want to just say that as well, from what we've read, and I know that 
Kevin and Mary will talk a bit more on Monday, you know, it looks like the 6.5% is banked. So at the moment, it's like, do we accept? And we just accept that. And then that's the end. Strikes are over. But if we reject the 6.5, we should still be getting that pay rise. Plus, um, we can still fight for strike action and still like keep fighting for more or else we're just settling. I just think I don't want us to settle. That, that's my thing. Sorry. What, Shaniqua, can I ask what, yeah. what percentage pay rise would you be happy with? Um, that's a good question. That's a good question. Um, I'd like to discuss more with everyone else, but personally... No, no, I'm asking you, though, because if you're saying... My personal, I'd yeah. like it to be closer to Scotland. Scotland, at the moment. Do we know Scotland at the moment? Because I've got a bit of, like... What did they get? What did Scotland get? Um... Nathan, you're the host of this. You should know. <laughs> <laughs> you're not talking to work. should have researched that one a little bit better. Tom could have his notepad now, mate. Sorry, I've seen <laughs> From what I've seen, I think at the beginning they got 12.3 and then it increased to 14, but I could be wrong. But if we're looking in comparison with those two, 6.5 and then, if anything, 12.3 or 14. <laughs> but will we get that? Am I being too ambitious? I don't know. But if we look at the BMA at the moment, the junior doctors, they're doing that. They've got 6.6% this week and they're like, nope, we're in it for the long run. We're going to keep fighting. They've escalated their strike action. They're doing not five days in a row. This is things that we've started to discuss that if we were to, you know, get to the next stage, it's going to have to be, it can't just be it seemed, strikes it, it, every now it and then. It does seem, it did seem an odd decision in the sense that NAS, NAS had, had just sort of reached, announced that they reached the threshold. You know, yes, mm -hmm. we can do it. Um, NAU are obviously sort of like, have always been on, on the path of, yeah, let's do this. Um, and it was just sort of a few days before that, it was like, oh, we can run joint strike yeah. action between NAS and NEU. Yeah. So in that sense, um, the timing was, mm -hmm. was strange. Although I, I, I just wonder, I don't, you know, we're, we're not sort of party to the discussions, but there's that part where you wonder, has the government basically said, look, does we we will not go any further. It doesn't matter how much you strike. It, yeah. it, it doesn't. We, we just won't go any further. So yeah. therefore, it, I mean, again, some people would argue that's just negotiation tactics by the government, yeah. you know. Yeah. But the other argument would be, well, yeah, but if we if they are not bluffing, then where does, this, where does this end? Yeah, I know you're right. But then in a way, that's what I'm like. OK, 6.5, we'll get it anyway. But... I, I I just think the government said this a while ago. They said, you know, last time, Gillian Keegan, this is it. You're not going to get anything else. Was it the yeah. 4.5? You're not going to get anything else. Look where we are now. So, you know, there's a lot of bluffing. By the way, by the way, that tweet from uh, Daniel Kabi did that Tom's yes. just taken off. I mean, you don't have to do much reading between the lines on that, do you? It, it's pretty, it's pretty much, I. you know, it's like... Um, it's like a, a class you've had a, a teacher for like five years and then they're going to get a new teacher and the new teacher sort of comes in to visit the class and knocks on the door and the class go, who's this? And the, and the, and the, the old teacher says, oh, this is your new teacher. And he's like, you're going to behave for me. Mm -hmm. You're going to behave for me, people. Um. <laughs> yes, yeah, for Daniel. He's, yes, Daniel, with that. 
feel like Nathan wants to say something. Tom, I want to ask you a question about about this this being about pay. And, you know, we're, we're talking about a couple of grand here, maybe maybe more if we're going for it a year. Is that enough? You know, when I think about the teachers who I've seen leaving this year, teachers leaving the profession, particularly young ones, is any amount of money enough to entice people into the profession or keep people in the profession when we've got issues around workload and behaviour? I've just, I've just pretty much answered that five minutes ago and saying it, it won't be, and and it will make a minimal difference in my opinion. Yes, you'll get one in every twenty or thirty who who will who will go. Oh yeah, you know the extra whatever amount of money, two thousand whatever it is, um, will will make me stay for another year. It it just doesn't work like that. It's, you know the world's changed as well. Um, you know employment patterns have changed. Flexible working. Uh, since 2020 has just exploded and there are more options and more opportunities for people in general. Um, people are not willing to tolerate the level of workload and the intensity of working full-time as a classroom teacher on the current conditions as they are. Now, as I've said, it, it's I find it a little frustrating in the sense that the narrative is, is, is it, the, the more the more time that is spent talking about pay, the less time that is spent talking about the other issues that are causing recruitment and retention. That's not to say, to reiterate again, that that teachers should not be getting paid more because they should be, because that's fair and that's right. But in terms of impact and making a difference, I do not believe that 6.5%, 7.5%, 8.5%, 9.5%, 10.5%, Think if you got up to fifty percent pay rise, that that would make it. If teachers were getting paid sixty to seventy thousand pounds a year, then I think that would make it. That would make some difference. But it's it's if for most people uh, on a salary of you know anywhere sort of between twenty five and forty thousand pounds, they they they're looking on on Indeed or on, you know, LinkedIn, and they're going, hang on a minute, I I don't have to um, live like this for this amount of money. I can, I can, I can completely change tack and do something different for it. Well, that's a perfect transition for us onto our next story, because if we're talking too much about pay and not enough about behaviour and workload, it's time for another story. Um, welcome back from our interlude jingle there. And it's worth just dropping in that, of course, this show, as always, is brought to you by Pearson Edexcel's new uh, student-centered French, German and Spanish 2024 GCSEs that cater to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background ability or reason for studying. It's rooted in learned language knowledge and their assessments are transparent, accessible, allowing all students to showcase their language skills through inclusive and relatable content. The new Pearson MFL GCSEs build a shared cultural capital that helps students develop an understanding and appreciation of the wider world. And you can find out more if you go to go.pearson.com slash MFL. So our next topic, we've talked about pay. It's time to talk about possibly a workload issue, possibly an issue around the government understanding really what's going on in schools. And this is the story that Gillian Keegan has suggested that head teachers collect absent students 
from home. As a rough calculation, if you're a secondary school with 1,200 students and you've got an attendance rate of 85%, which doesn't seem far off for some schools this year, that means you've got 180 kids to pick up in the morning as a head teacher. Shaniqua, is this the way to address poor attendance? No. <laughs> No. How out of touch is Gillian Keegan? You know, don't get me excited about her, but attendance is definitely, it's a massive issue, but I believe it's a complex one. It's not as easy as, okay, get the head teacher driving. Let's go. Who even says the head teacher can drive, by the way? But anyway, them driving, collecting all the kids. That doesn't make sense. That does not make sense. There's deeper things that they need to work on. Now, there's some head teachers who do do that, I believe. But actually, head teachers have a lot going on. I think I read, um, Someone said this, who, who is a head teacher? The idea that head teachers who are battling a recruitment crisis and huge post-pandemic issues such as mental health and behaviour should take time out of an incredibly busy day to make home visits is not sensible. The pressure on their time is huge and the Secretary of State's comments about texting shows a lack of awareness. And actually a lot of schools do automatically text. And if they have the people and the pastoral group, I'm sure they do, you know, do all of that. But like you said, it's 100... 180 students, some of them could be collecting. That's ridiculous. Don't get me started on this, Nathan. Oh, and Tom, this, uh, I, you know, maybe feeds into a wider issue as to whose responsibility and, and who's taking kind of ownership for the responsibility. Is it up to the head teachers to be dragging these kids in or is it up to the parents to be getting their children into school? <laughs> Nathan, that's it. <laughs> you... <laughs> Nathan's got a fishing rod and he's just going like this. <laughs> Come on, Tom. Um, listen, I mean, listen, I, I, I agree with what Shanika said in terms of there being a, a range of complex issues behind this and around this. That's the first thing to say. But yes, there is a there is a problem with in, in our society in general um, with sort of responsibility and like accountability and um sort of um personal personal responsibility and the way we sort of don't know the way the way education is viewed is is, is changing and it has been changing um and some people would argue that that is about the curriculum some people would argue you know being too constrained and and, and, and sort of boring and, and irrelevant um, some people w would argue it is about the sort of behaviour standards in schools and the fact that, you know, one size can't fit all and, and so on and so forth. Um, there will be lots of people arguing lots of different things. Um, and there is a there is an interesting question there around. You know, we t I just talked about working patterns since 2020, you know, like flexible working for the adults has sort of, you know, changed and become much more. Um, accepted, normalized, popular. And, you know, with, with schooling, like homeschooling has, has, has become much more popular and much more um, attractive to a lot of people because many parents now work from home and, you know, there's less uh, of an issue maybe for them to do it or whatever. Um, so, you know, I, I guess there's there's a bigger question of what is the role of school what what is the purpose of education what is the purpose of school um what uh, yeah i mean there's some some more radical questions maybe to ask uh, around 
you know, what are our expectations for school attendance? What, 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 you know, I mean, nobody would dispute the, the importance and the power and the, the, you know, the relevance of, of having an education. No one would ever dispute that. But where, you know, are things changing in terms of where that education takes place and what are expectations of what that ex- education would, would entail? In terms of this whole thing of like head teachers picking up, um, you know, children and stuff in a minibus, it, it's not something that, I mean, I could easily draw a cartoon for you of a head like with a with a head out the window coming, come on, lads, pop into the bus. <laughs> uh, that wouldn't be, you know, it's like, you know, ultimately, I think there's a there's also a real um, lack of awareness in terms of the way many teachers are treated by by people. You know, like if I to rocked up at a lot of houses um, in their car and said, look, even just politely, they 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 probably get a hail of abuse in some cases. Not not all cases, but you know, they they would be really putting themselves at risk. Um, that's the first thing. I, I think there's this weird, like, I don't know whether some politicians think that schools are still like Hogwarts and it's like Harry Potter and it's like, children, I'm coming round to get you to school. Come on. And it's it's sort of not like that in, you know, um, most, yeah. not most, but a lot of places in, in, in the country, you know. So I, I think ultimately, I, I can't even remember your original question, Nate, but I think it was along the lines of, you know, who who should parents be more responsible? Well, should should everyone in the everyone in the country be 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 responsible and accountable? Yes, at the moment, the accountability and responsibility is much more weighted onto teachers for everything. Teachers are blamed for everything, and that needs to be realigned to be more fair and to be better for the children, right? In the long term. So while we're talking about accountability, waiting fairly and expectations on teachers, it's time for our next story. And welcome back. And this story, have you noticed that Tom is like so much better than me on the transitions? Like he's uh, sharp. Like he is sharp. He's like every time you finish speaking, Nate, it's like boom, jingle. It's uh, it's it's the queuing, Tom. It's it's my <laughs> like I I I cue him well. He can tell where the end of the sentence is coming. Yeah. So no, he's this not Queuing. Is that a defense of me? Because if it is, I appreciate it. Or, you know, queuing the things. Anyway, so this story comes from you uh, from South Wales. It was reported in Wales Online and it is about an NASUWT school strike for Swansea Secondary Schools after uh, it is suggested by the newspapers it was brought about after a teacher was dismissed for breaking up a fight. Now, there's two kind of questions here around uh, uh, violence and behaviour in schools, but also teachers responsibilities in those areas and you know a lot of comments have swung from the public have swung uh, either way you know it, we, from leave them alone you know just let them uh, uh, fight each other to it's the school's responsibility to safeguard them it puts teachers in a really sticky uh, situation Shaniqua what are your thoughts on this 
Um, firstly, um, thanks for, I'm really grateful for Teachers Talk Radio covering this story because actually it's not one that um, I feel like is being discussed enough at the moment because actually when I researched this, I was like, oh gosh, Swansea, Swansea secondary school teachers have been striking for like two days um, over, you know, this um, incident that's happened. And, you know, I think that's really important. Now, from what I've read and listened to, I believe there was a fight between two pupils and a teacher got involved to stop the fight. Now, violence is, behavior is a big thing in schools already. And I work in a pupil referral unit. So I know all about behavior. Now, as a teacher working in a pupil referral unit, I can't just sit there. If two children are getting into a fight, I cannot sit there at all and just um, watch it. And actually I've been trained. I've been trained to positively handle such retrain restrain the children in my school so we have a procedure now it sounds like other schools might not have procedures you need to have a procedure but it's, it's hard because I'm also thinking you know I don't work in a secondary school I don't there's obviously you know we heard about a teacher this week who was stabbed at school um what, what do we do so um, I'm gonna stop for a second because I don't know where to go from here yeah, so Tom, the, you know, there have been obviously some stories about, you know, uh, the, the teacher stabbing, of course, which is a horrific incident. We know some of the stories that are coming out of Scotland around, the, the, you know, the approaches to behaviour and, and what things have changed for violence there. Obviously, we've got these stories coming out of Swansea as well about um, some of the effect. But there's another part of this story I wanted to ask you about and what, you know, what it does to teachers seeing another teacher dismissed for something that they probably would have done themselves it's hard for a teacher to say i wouldn't step in and break up a fight um are we getting mixed messages here um are teachers being supported by the general public and their schools when dealing with behavior um are schools being supported? i mean uh i in some cases no i mean teachers are hung out to dry in in some cases um, I mean they they aren't supported by whether it be you know um, a leadership team whether it be external sort of agencies bodies governing bodies you know whatever um, there's you know there's a huge number of teachers who are hung out to dry um, on this particular one the, the sort of fight incident again Shaniqua sort of nailed it you know what are you to do you know, like, are you, are you going to just watch that? You know, what, what are you going to do? Um, there does seem to be, you know, and I was I was reading this this morning, you know, about an increase in sort of abuse and violence in Scottish schools and, and, and sort of the issues there. And, and it wouldn't surprise me if that's like across the board, you know, talk about the issues in, in, in Swansea, um, you know, and, and South Wales, you know, like you could pick, I'm sure you could pick lots of different places and come up come up with the same the same problem so ultimately um teachers need protecting and teachers need supporting and there needs to be a appreciation that teachers that can be put in a in a in a no-win situation at times um I do think like if you're a teacher nowadays and you see a fight taking place, would you now think twice and think, oh, do you know what? I better not because what could, if this was to happen or that was to happen or that. And, and at some point, maybe that will cost 
you know, maybe that will cause something terrible to happen because a teacher didn't get involved because they thought, I can't. You know, I shouldn't. What if this happens? And it's self-preservation. So we we don't know what what could happen further down the line. So, but then equally, you you have got to be super careful, and and you know you can't sort of just go. I don't know. Like you've just, yeah, super tough one. It is a very difficult situation for teachers to be in. I'm sure. And as teachers read this and the headlines. You know, I think it's going to put doubts in people's heads and, and that's a terrible place to be when, when dealing with behaviour, to have doubts about what you should do for the best. Um, we are running short on time and there is a breaking news story as we talk. Um, so we're, we're going to get onto that one right now. Shaniqua, you can't clap that. The point that, that was helps. amazing. That was great. The point helps great. with it. I'll just know that like it helps with the transition. The lack of loyalty <laughs> is disappointing. Carry on, Nathan. Um, yeah, coming in this morning, breaking news for us. Um, a possible new Ofsted chief inspector. Uh, it is being reported that Martin Oliver, currently CEO of the Outward Grange Academies Trust, is going to be taking over, or is going to be put forward to be taking over as the new chief inspector of Ofsted. Now it's caused some, some, as I say, stormy weather outside, stormy weather in education, because some people are unhappy about this. I'm going to go to Tom first of all. Uh, what are your initial thoughts when this uh, when this news broke? I, don't, I, I, I tweeted something out um, about 20 minutes ago, just saying that. I don't, okay, I, th- I think on the on the issue of what is inspected, I mean, pre Amanda Spielman, it was obviously that, you know, it was all sort of very cutthroat data driven. Um, and many people complained about that um, being uh, unfair, being, you know, not rooted in education, maybe enough. So so then there was this sort of drive of, oh, well, let's talk about the curriculum and let's do curriculum deep dives and let's become curriculum experts, blah, de, blah, de, blah. And people were like, oh, this is warm and fuzzy um, compared to the sort of like, oh, we're going to inspect on data. I mean, Ofsted have still been inspecting on data. Don't make any mistake about it. You know, they're, they're still reading the data dashboards and they're still, they're st- that is still underpinning you know, maybe a little bit, uh, maybe a bit more subtly, maybe a little bit more under the surface and maybe a little, you know, all these sort of lovely sort of curriculum conversations in offices while kids are running up and down corridors swearing, you know, that's the sort of thing that's, you know, lovely. Um, But ultimately, uh, you know, this change looks as though uh, Martin Oliver is much more, well, I mean, he said openly, hasn't he? I, I, you know, I, I don't think the focus on curriculum is is good. I think we need to go back to cold, hard data. Um, I've written a few blogs in the past. This is a number of years ago now about um, the, the the fact that teachers, you know, the sort of link between teachers and student results. I think there's a lot of evidence out there that disputes how much people, how much weight people put on how um responsible teachers are for student results um in general i think that i think the evidence out there is you know at the moment you you would read you know probably state the statements by martin oliver and think our oh, teachers are 90 percent. the teachers are the ones who dictate what results students are going to get 
you know, you would read statements from him and others and think, yeah, that's, but when you actually look at the research, it's, it's not sort of 80, 90% on the teacher. It's much, much less, much, much less. Um, when you, when you look at the research body as a whole, um, it just, it's not like, oh yeah, teachers do have, you know, as much, um, impact of that. So if you put that on a national level, that, that, they, they were the issues before, you know, the issues when Sean Harford was sort of on Twitter and all that, that was what, you know, I remember arguing with Sean Harford for like basically about four weeks on one Twitter thread about, about results not being fair on, you know, schools and staff, you know, judging them on results. It, it, it's not, I don't know. It, there was just too much unfairness there, um, in, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, in if, I don't think I don't I think the key issue is two day snapshot inspections, one word judgments, and until that changes, it w- doesn't really matter who the chief inspector is. I think you you are going to see a continuation of the issues that we're seeing. Um, Shaniqua, um, are you ready for a potentially colder, harder, more data driven, zero tolerance Ofsted? You know, what does that make you feel? <laughs> Everything we've been going through over the last couple of months of Ofsted, like, this sounds awful. It sounds awful. I mean, I had to look up who this uh, Martin Oliver was. And even just as he's a chief chief executive of um, a multi-academy trust, I was like, okay, okay. Is this where we're heading? Okay. Um, I feel like I still need to read up a bit more about him. He sounds very controversial. Controversial. And I feel like there's a lot of unanswered questions so I'll keep my eyes peeled, but I don't think this is sounding really great. I feel like, oh, there might be a bit of a revolt, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, it doesn't sound great, Nathan. Sorry. Um, it is worth dropping in there that there has been a suggestion from Labour that they'll bring in their own Ofsted chief inspector if they win the next general election, possibly something for the teachers vote there. Um, but that does tie a bow in the weekly review for the end. Uh, before we leave off, it is worth me saying you should check out Darren Lester's show this week. It was on Tuesday on how we can support languages beyond the classroom. A lot of discussion there about school trips to learn modern foreign languages. And of course, that was supported by Pearson MFL. So a great show. Thank you again to Shaniqua. Thank you to Tom. And uh, enjoy what's left of your weekend, teachers. See you on Monday morning. Listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.